All right, good morning, everybody. So, uh, appreciate y'all's prayers and your uh, phone calls and texts and everything this week, and everything's looking looking a lot better now, and um, I'll go go back tomorrow at three, get more, I have to have a pint a week taken off, so evidently I'm I'm working over uh, overtime making blood right now, so I'll get a pint tomorrow, pint, when I have it, Wednesday? Had a pint taken off Wednesday, have a pint taken off tomorrow, and I'll go back the next Monday and have another pint taken off, and then we'll reevaluate and see if I got to keep doing that weekly or I can switch it over to monthly, but so they're, they're taken away, and I can, I feel a lot better. I felt a lot better Thursday and Friday um, because my heart wasn't working as hard to try to pump that blood. So feel a lot better, and uh, just keep uh, <laughs> she keeping an eye on me. I'm starving. I got a no iron diet, so you can imagine what that's like. That's what happens when you marry somebody that's in nutrition services. You get punished sometimes. But, uh, we're going to be over in Matthew chapter five. I know we got uh, a lot going on in our lives, and we're. We got Thanksgiving coming up uh, this week, and you probably think, well, he's going to preach on Thanksgiving, but I'm actually going to preach on murder today. So, uh, yeah, it has nothing to do with Thanksgiving, but we're thankful. I'm th- I know we're all thankful. Um, oh, one thing, I was going to mention this. Put it in front of me and for, still forgot. If anybody wants to do that, reads Across America. We did it a couple years ago where we went over to Mount Home, over to Johnson City, to the to the cemetery and help put wreaths out on the uh, the veterans' graves. Um, if anybody wants to go, there's a little sign-up sheet so we can kind of get a head count, and we'll get a, a game plan for that. But it's for December 18th. Uh, we'd leave here at the church probably around 10 or so and go over and put the wreaths out and come back. Um, and I've got the bus from the office, so I can haul up to 32 people in that bus. So if anybody wants to go, we'll try to sign up here and get a head count ahead of time. But it, it'll be good. It's, it's, a, it's a good time. It's a... It's a moving time. It's it's something interesting. Do a few of us went uh, last uh, two years ago, and uh, it's just really it's a, just a somber experience to be able to to go out and put the the wreaths on the grave. And just so you know, if you do go, don't put wreaths on a Jew's grave. They frown upon that around there. So I don't know. You didn't do it, did you? You didn't. Did you do like I did and put the wreaths on the wrong grave? I went wreath happy. I'm just flinging them out there. It's like frisbees, just flinging them. And then I'd come back later, and you could see people going out there picking up wreaths off some of my graves, and they were Jews. So if it has Star David, don't put a wreath on it, just so you know. All right, Matthew 5. We're going to be looking at anger and, and murder this morning for a little bit. So and I want you to be really, 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 really honest this morning. And go ahead and raise your hand when I say this. Who in here has been mad before? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Cindy ain't got enough hands. (laughs) Uh, We've all been mad, haven't we? I mean, even Clayton, you heard him when he got in here a while ago. He's mad. We all get mad. We all have, we can all have anger issues. Some even have it worse than others. Some have to go and have anger management, you know. I mean, it can be that bad in our lives. It's It's a reality of our life, our daily life. I Very few times... Do we ever go to work where something doesn't make us mad? Something triggers us. Something makes us angry. Me in general, just Monday. Just, just Monday in general makes me mad. Just the thoughts that I have to go in tomorrow and deal with 
Everything that's probably piled up from the weekend. I get mad thinking about it. But we all have anger issues. Now, what, what is it called when you have anger issues on the road? Road rage, right? We have road rage. We, I have road rage. I mean, I've got a whole bunch of it and vouch for that one. I've got it. But I haven't gotten this bad. Abby, yeah, we did that, what, a few months ago. I got out. What was it? What is that there? Grandfather Mountain? Was it 180, 180, 221 and, and is it 181 or two, what? 221 and what? 105. Yeah. So I got out. I actually threw it in park and got out of the car because some not so nice person pulled out in front of me. I, I mean, I literally got out and went back to their car to talk to them. We, they were going to meet Jesus one way or the other. Whether it's verbally or physically, they were going to get to meet Jesus. But uh, we all have those road rage. We, we don't all have it, but I have it. But over in, uh, I think it was in Nevada or something, I was reading a story about a guy that it was, they were at a stoplight. Light was red, guy in front stopped, guy in the back stopped. Light turned green, the guy in front didn't go fast enough. And so they got into some road rage and some hand gestures, if you know what I mean, went, took place. And the next thing you know, the guy in the, in the second car back pulls out a gun and starts shooting the guy in front of him. He hits, he actually does hit his, the finger, that one finger. He hits it. And, and, and it's just amazing how just something as simple as a, somebody not moving quick enough at a, at a red light or a green light can set somebody off. Now, what we're going to read here in just a second, Jesus takes a law that these Jews have followed their whole lives, and he compares it to what God truly means by thou shalt not kill. He's taking, he's putting, he's, he's, he's clearing it up because you know how the Jews are and were when they, they kind of manipulated laws, the, God's laws, to whatever they wanted it to be. They didn't always follow it exactly the way that God had intended it to be. So Jesus, here he is, he's going to try to clear that up and try to explain to them what thou shalt not kill really means. And it has a lot to do with anger because we all have anger issues. It's, it, we're, we're human. We're going to, we're going to do, have to deal with it at some, some point in our lives. But what we're going to talk about too, but along with anger, is the murder. Murder is the symptom of the real problem, and the real problem is anger. And we're going to try to address anger and things that happen when we are mad. Because we all, again, we're going to get mad at, at times in our lives. And we're going to try to uh, see just how serious anger is. If you've got your Bible open, uh, stand with me. We're going to be in uh, Matthew 5.21. Matthew 5.21. Bible says, Ye have heard that it was said by them of old time, Thou shalt not kill, and whosoever shall kill shall be in danger of the judgment. But I say unto you that whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. And whosoever shall say to his brother, Raka, which that just means worthless, shall be in danger of the council. But whosoever shall say, Thou fool, shall be in danger of hellfire. Therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar, and there remembrance that thy brother hath ought against thee, Leave there thy gift before the altar, and go thy way. First be reconciled to thy brother, and then come and offer thy gift. Agree with thine adversary quickly whilst, they, whilst thou art in the way with him. Least at any time the adversary deliver thee to the judge, and the judge deliver thee to the officer, and thou be cast into prison. Verily I say unto thee, 
thou shalt be no means thou shalt by no means come out thence till thou hast paid the uttermost farthing let's pray father this morning uh, lord we just want to thank you for this church god we thank you for the love in this church the uh, the hospitality in this church lord just the the great comfort and peace of knowing that uh, this is a, a group of uh, just prayer warriors and lord we just thank you for each one of them that are here lord i pray you just bless them for their efforts and God, I pray that you go in here with us today as we go into your word, as we've read your word, as we go in uh, to this message. Father, I pray that it would just touch and move each one of us. Lord, there's, there's so much that goes on in our, our daily lives, and there's so much that goes on in our, our family lives that hinder us from worshiping. Anger is one of them. God, I pray that uh, this morning that uh, through the guidance of the Holy Spirit that we, would, uh, we could reconcile with someone that we may have a, a beef with, somebody that's done us wrong or we've done them wrong. Lord, I pray that this, this morning, through the words of your son Jesus, that we could find it in our heart to forgive. God, we pray for those that are hurting today. Lord, we pray for the Dillinger family and the loss there. Lord, I pray that you would just, uh, just Lord, just give them comfort right now. They need it so bad. And God, for those that are, that are hurting, Lord, we just pray that you would comfort them. And just thank you for your healing touch. Thank you for bringing Jonathan back here, for being with him through COVID. Uh, Lord, I pray that you just uh, continue to work in this old sin-filled world that we're living in. That's, you know, we're still trying to find a cure, trying to find something to, to get us through this pandemic, Lord. And I pray that you would just clear eyes, clear hearts and minds. And Lord, I pray that you would help them find a, a cure and a vaccine, Lord, that, that would... Uh, prevent this from ever happening again. Lord, we just thank you again for your many blessings. I'll listen to your son's name, we pray. Amen. You can have a seat. First thing we're going to look at this morning, anger is a serious offense in God's eyes. That means a lot. When you think about anger, we know that we're, we're not supposed to be mad. We're not supposed to stay, at least get mad. We're supposed to, to stay mad. And you, you look at, at verse 21 and 22 again. It says, You have heard that it was said by them of old. Now we're going, that's the Old Testament. Uh, Thou shalt not kill, and whosoever shall kill shall be in danger of the judgment. But then here's what Jesus says. He, he follows this up. He says, But I say unto you that, that whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment, and whosoever shall say to his brother, Raka, shall be in danger of the council, but whosoever shall say, Thou fool, shall be in danger of the hellfire. Murder, uh, it's deeper than just an outward act. There's more to it. There's the inwardness that comes from this, the inward act. It's anger. It's bitterness. It's hatred. That's, that's what builds up. It bowls up. It's, a, it's those ingredients that it gets up in us, and, and our bodies are just like blenders. Our hearts are just like blenders, and it just mixes all that, that bitterness and the anger and, and that hatred. It mixes it all up, and it causes us to want to hurt or harm somebody. It causes us to be a bitter person in general, and it causes a, those mixtures come. It, it just bowls up into anger, a big ball of anger. And he's, Jesus is telling us, don't, don't, don't be mad. Don't let this stuff bowl up. Don't, don't have this in your heart. Murder is born from within. I was reading this in one of my commentaries this week. It says, murder is born from within, from an uncontrolled spirit, from an unregulated urge, from an inner anger. Anger itself, that's, that's the sin. Anger is the real sin. Don't be mad. That's hard. I know it's hard. And it's really hard living up here in the next couple of weeks when the Cubans and the Miami people start fly, flocking in here and 
we're going to have to deal with their, their lack of driving. But it, it's hard. It's hard to not go through life and, and get mad every now and then. Something's going to make us mad. Something's going to set us off. Paul said over in Ephesians 4.31, Let all, did you catch that? All, A-L-L. He says, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. He said, all, let it all be put away. Take it all away. Anything in your heart, anything in your mind that has a, just a hint of anger or hatred or whatever it might be, whatever it might be, he says, put it away. Just get rid of it. You will not function as a Christian or a human being in general if you stay mad all the time. Now, y'all probably know some people that stay mad all the time, don't you? They just, they're not, they're never happy. You can't get a smile on their face. They're just, bleh, all the time. They're just always mad. That's not the kind of life that, that I would want to live. I couldn't be a bitter, hate-filled hate person all the time. Because you're missing out on so many joys and so many blessings. You're missing out on so much of your life and, and, other, and your family's lives when you stay mad and bitter all the time. I want to read it again. He says, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Get rid of it. The reason anger is so serious is because God knows what it can do inside the heart of a human being. God made us. God formed us. He knows how we think. He knows how we act. And He knows how we will act out in anger. And that's the scary part. And, and you know yourself better than anybody does. So when you have anger in your heart, when you have bitterness in your heart, what really concerns God is how are you going to act? What are you going to do with that anger in your heart? How are you going to... Are you, <laughs> you going to jump out of the car and go back one and see, you know, and then give them a good talking to are you, are you going to sit? Are you going to pray about it? Are you going to let it go? What are you going to do? How are you going to handle it? God, that's, what, God, that's what I think that's God's fears. Is he knows how we're going to handle it. God knows we can't handle it. If we try to handle it on our own, we're going to overreact. We're going to do things that we probably shouldn't, like get out of cars. And then you add to it the enemy, the person that you're mad at, rubbing salt in the wound. My guy wouldn't even roll the window down. I don't know why. I mean, here's some hick yelling at him, and he won't even roll the window down and listen to me. But you have the enemy. You have this person rubbing salt in the wound when you have this, this mixture of, of your anger and your bitterness and then the way that they're acting towards you, and you mix it all together, and then you're going to say or do something that you're going to regret. And God said, pray about this. Before you make any split-second decisions, before you snap, Really think about it. Really pray about it. Unchecked anger. It's a serious offense in God's sight. Number two, anger grows. Anger is just like planting a seed sometimes. It, it can grow if you don't get rid of it. It can be just like a weed. Not really a seed, but a weed. If you've got a garden, and you want a pretty garden, Matt, how, do you, how do you keep your garden pretty? got to get them weeds out you got a weed growing in there it's going to choke out your garden it's going to grow bigger and it's going to take the nutrients out of the ground it's going to rob your crop of the water and the things that it needs to grow and make a pretty garden 
that's anger. If anger ain't weeded out, if you don't take anger out by the roots and get rid of it, then it's going to grow and it's going to fester inside of you and it's going to get bigger and bigger and it's going to choke out any blessings that you might be receiving. It's going to choke out any love that you might be receiving. It's going to choke out anything in your life that might be good. That anger is going to absorb it and it's going to take it away from you and you're going to be missing a lot of stuff. It can be uncontrollable and it can give birth to some really bad things, make you do some really bad things. There are three steps in, in the growth of anger, the first step is anger lingers. It brews and sometimes it seeks revenge. Anger kind of drifts for a while. When you get mad, you just kind of you think about it all the time. There's things that, in all of our lives that it, it'll make us flashback. It may have been 20 years when so-and-so done something to you, but you might see them or hear their name or something like that, and it'll make you flash back, and you get mad all over again. You think about it and just, oh man, I can't believe he did that or she said that. Step two, anger is fed by pride. Now we know pride is another one of those big tools that the devil likes to use. It's in his toolbox. That pride is dangerous. But anger is fed by pride. Because we're, we can be proud, prideful. We can be, well, we'll just say prideful for now. You can be prideful and you're going to, not want to get rid of that anger because of your pride. You're going to want to harp on it. and You're going to try to seek revenge. Whatever trouble comes on a person, we feel like it's deserved. But it's because we have that pride in our hearts that we won't get rid of that anger. The th step three is anger seeks to destroy. Now, raka is anger with cruel intent. Raka. That's what Jesus was talking about. Raka. It's anger with intentions of hurting somebody. When anger consumes you, when anger consumes your heart, in your heart you're saying, I'm so mad I want to destroy that person. I'm so mad at what they have done, what they have said, that I will do anything in my power to destroy them, their reputation, their home, their future, whatever it might be. I am so mad right now, I will do whatever it takes to, to make them miserable. And the truth of the matter is, you're already more miserable than they'll ever be. Because you have so much anger in your heart. You're a miserable person. When you get to that point where you want to do nothing but destroy that person and those around them, you're already more miserable than you could ever make them. Not a life that you want to be living, a miserable life. If anger goes unchecked, it will grow. Anger is a, a very, very serious matter with God. Anger is a lot like a splinter. If you've ever got a splinter and it gets in there, you ever got one of them, Keith, and you didn't know you had it for a while? And then all of a sudden you get this big red knot. You can't figure out what's going on. It, that, that's anger. Anger's like a splinter. It gets in you, and it festers, and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger, especially that salt-treated stuff. Man, things hurt. But that's, that's what anger is. Anger's a splinter, and it gets inside of you, and it grows, and it gets bigger and bigger, and it festers up, and then... It's going to, at some point, it can cause you to be sick. It can set up an infection and make you sick. Anger can make you a sick person. Holding feelings against another person, it will destroy you. I promise you, it will destroy you. It will make you so bitter. Make you a mean person. The answer to anger is reconciliation. This is kind of, this is the... 
This is the hard part, but this is the most important part. Reconciliation. Verse 23 and 24 says again, Therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar, and there remembrance that thy brother hath aught against thee, leave there thy gift before the altar, and go thy way. First be reconciled to thy brother, and then come and offer thy gift. Jesus says two things about reconciliation right here in this passage we just read. First thing he says, the urgency of reconciliation. He's talking about how quickly we need to reconcile with that person that we have an odd against or has one against us. We've got to do it quickly because we don't have a lot of time. While it's fresh on your mind, reconcile. Reconciliation, it's always um, to go before worship. I'll try to get out here right. Reconcile before worship. Now, we always talk about worshiping God and how it's first and foremost in our lives. Well, I promise you right now, if you don't reconcile with somebody, you can't worship. If you come into this church this morning and you're mad at somebody, you're mad at your spouse because they said something this morning or last night or this week, you can't worship. You can't, you, physically, your mind is not here. You're not here. Your mind is wandering off, what can I do to make their life miserable? What can, what can I say to make them even more mad at me? Or whatever it is. We have these, these thoughts in our heads of, of things that we can say or that we can do to make it harder on that person. You're not hearing, it's kind of like Keith said this morning, essentially, you're not hearing the word I'm saying. You ain't hearing squat except me in that bay. Or you're going to hear him crying. You're not hearing anything because you're so focused on getting even you're so focused on the anger that's built up inside of you that you can't worship. And what is anger? Anger is a sin, and a sin-filled heart will hinder your worship. So if you have that sin in your heart, that anger in your heart, you can't worship. <laughs> Go help her. Go help her, Kylie. <laughs> you can change the diaper. I guarantee you she'll let you do that. Even while we're entering the church, if there's a problem with a, a brother, the Bible tells us, you're to go to them and seek reconciliation. That's hard. I'll go back to pride. Pride won't let us do it sometimes. It's very, very hard for us to do. It's harder to do if it's somebody that's inside the church. So if somebody's got a beef with somebody in the church, it's really hard to reconcile. Pull them to the side. Say, I'm sorry. Apologize. That's hard to do. If it's in your home. It's hard to do sometimes. In your workplace, it can be hard to do because of pride. The Bible says, John tells us over in 1 John 4, he says, If a man say, I love God, and hateth his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? <coughs> and this commandment have we from him, that he who loveth God love his brother also. If you love God, you love your brother. And I've said it before, and my sister's always said it to me. I might not like you right now, but I always love you. God's telling us, you gotta love, you love him, you love your brother. Hard to do. Man, that's hard to do. If they've done you wrong, they've said bad things, they've ruined your reputation, it's hard to do. But we are to do it. If we truly love God, we are to reconcile with that person that has something against us. Hold on to anger in our hearts, it affects our worship. It also affects our prayer life. As a Christian, we are to pray 
for anything and anyone that we can that we can. It's an obligation that we have as a Christian to pray for one another. Who's the one person you ain't going to pray for if you're mad at them? That person you're mad at. It's almost like you're trying to rob them of a blessing. You're, you're robbing yourself. It's hard to pray when somebody's done you wrong. Somebody said something or done something to you or your family. It's hard to, to pray for them. But you can, you can easily ask God to forgive them and to help you forgive them. Now, now, am I saying that you need to forgive them and go out, take them out to supper that night and whatever? No, you can forgive them and move on and let it go. And now, again, I know that's, that's tough. That's a tough one to do. Anger can be sinful, and sin-filled heart, again, can hinder your worship. Jesus said to go and reconcile because your worshiping with anger in your heart is no use. You can't come to church. You cannot try to worship God with anger in your heart because you ain't going to get past the ceiling. Your prayers ain't going to get past the ceiling. Get things right. Don't waste your time. Go immediately and reconcile. I think he wants to be up here. Or maybe not. We switched his milk. He's on soy now, so it's, uh, you know, it's, it's bothering his little belly. Second thing, reconciliation should be immediate. Now, while they were, while they are still with you, Jesus says, immediate. Now, that is, whew, I thought Hunter got convicted right there. Man. <laughs> Need to apologize, Rita. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought the Holy Spirit just got Hunter. Bible tells us, and Jesus says this plainly: "Go now." Just like those infomercials tell you, don't wait. Go now. Don't don't wait. Do it right now. Pick up that phone, call, and order this piece of junk. <laughs> That's what they always tell us, ain't it? Spend a hundred dollars, and we'll give you hundred dollars worth of coupons or whatever. Jesus is telling us, don't wait. When it comes to reconciliation, do it immediately. When you've been done wrong, don't let it fester. If, I promise you, if you will just get it over with, just reconcile as quickly as possible, you'll live a whole lot better life without, without that anger. And this is something, and it's taken me, this is where I got hung up studying this week, is on this, doing it immediately. Because I've got some issues in my life that I'm trying to deal with, and looking back on it right now, I wish I'd, I'd, I'd done it a lot sooner, immediately, while there's openness, while there's still an openness where you can still communicate with one another, and there's openness in that relationship. Many times, you're going to hear people say that they had a, a fallen out with a family member and they, they did not reconcile. I've heard it a lot. So-and-so has passed away. I wish I'd have got things right with them before they, they, they died. And, and it's a bitterness, and it's, a, it's something that they have to deal with for the rest of their lives because they did not get things right. They had an opportunity when it happened, and there was still an openness in that relationship, and they didn't take advantage of it, and now it's too late. Jesus says, the time to reconcile is immediate while the person is still with you. That way you can physically hear and see them say, I'm sorry, or at least whatever they're going to say to you, but you've done your part. They're physically there with you, and you can say, I'm sorry, or I forgive you, or whatever it is, and you're going to know. 
that it's going to be okay. That peace that, that you'll get while they're still alive. It takes humility to do it, though. You've got to have humility. The fourth thing, the last thing, holding on to anger can be damaging. Verse 25 says, Agree with thine adversary quickly whilst, whilst thou art in the way with him. Least at any time the adversary deliver thee to the judge, and the judge deliver thee to the officer, and thou be cast into prison. Verily I say unto thee, Thou shalt by no means come out thence till thou hast paid the uttermost farthing. The uttermost farthing, that last penny right there. Holding on to anger, it will damage you. It will suffocate you. Anger will absolutely just, it's like putting a pillow over your mouth. It will, it, will, it will cause you to go crazy sometimes. If you just, if you don't get it out, get rid of it, it smothers you. You'll be, a, you'll be imprisoned of, in your own mind. It's just in your own heart. You're just going to be absolutely just eat up with it. Jesus says it's best that you just get it out. If you get it out, that last verse right there talks about that, that, that farthing. He says, Verily I say unto thee, Thou shalt be by no means come out thence till thou hast paid the last or the uttermost farthing. What is that uttermost farthing that he's talking about? That's that reconciliation. That's the last, the last penny, the last straw, whatever you want to call it, last farthing. It is reconciliation. You've got to reconcile with that person. That's what it's going to take. Until the anger that is within you is resolved, you will not get out. You're going to be trapped. I promise you, you're going to be stuck for a long, long time. You just ain't got it. How many would be honest this morning and say that they're harboring feelings against somebody? And you don't don't raise your hands, please don't. <laughs> Abby did. She raised her hands. Oh. I mean, honestly, you sit sit and just think about it. <coughs> We've all got somebody, one or two people probably, that we still harbor a little bit of resentment towards, a little bit of anger towards. We've all got somebody that's probably done us wrong or said something to us might be time to reconcile might be time if they're still alive try try to reconcile try to go to them like the Bible tells us to do go to your brother and reconcile take that first step because it, obviously they haven't taken it reconcile now maybe that person is gone Maybe they've passed away and you just don't have the opportunity to talk to them anymore. Ask God to take that away from you. Ask God for help. Because if you're still hanging on to that resentment, if you're still hanging on to the bitterness, if you're still hanging on to that, that anger for whatever that person done to you, you're, you're going to be a bitter person. And you can't worship that way. So ask God to remove that and for, just let it go. You don't need to hang on to it. I promise you that. Don't hang on to it. If they're gone, let it go. Don't hang on to it. Let it go. It's affected you long enough. It's time to let it go. I know it's kind of short this morning, but I think it, I think I hit nail on the head. Everybody stand with me this morning, just briefly.
like musical chairs over here, Cindy. Somebody, somebody somewhere in the church probably has got a, a beef with somebody else. Probably not in this church, but I'm just saying. It's made your life miserable. I mean, just, you don't, you don't function well because you, all you think about is that person. I'm going to encourage you, if you can, put away your pride. Like I say, spit, spit out your pride. Don't swallow it. Spit it out. And with all humility, go to that person and reconcile. It'll make your life a lot better. You'll live a, a more peaceful life if you'll just reconcile. No more anger. No more anger. I know it, it's hard. Try to, try to live a life that's as angry, anger-free as possible. Except for Judy. Judy, I don't know how you can do it. VJ, I, I mean, just look at him. You get mad. <laughs> Reconcile. Let's pray. Father, this morning as a closeout, God, we thank you for for the opportunity that some of us are going to have, Lord, to reconcile. For that person that we might have an ought against, God, I pray that you would give us the opportunity, the time, and Lord, the, the words to say, Lord, to reconcile, to get things right with that person. Whoever has made us mad, who's made us angry, whoever's done us wrong, said the wrong thing, done the wrong thing, whatever it might be. God, I pray that you give us an opportunity while they're still here to ask for forgiveness and to forgive them. Because, Lord, we, we love you. And as your word said, if we love you, we're to love a brother. God, I pray that you give us that opportunity. Father, I pray this morning as we, we leave this church and we go and we're going to be with our families this week and we're going to, have a time of thanksgiving and fellowship. Father, I pray that we not forget all the things, all the many blessings that you've given us just this past year, just this past week. You've done us good. Lord, you've, you've provided for us, and uh, Lord, you've loved on us, and you've just shown us, you've shown us a lot of grace and a lot of mercy. And I pray we not forget that this week as we sit down and we give thanks. Lord, I pray that we give thanks back to you, not to anything else or to anyone else, but we're going to return thanks back to you for your goodness and for your grace, for your love and for your son. We do thank you for those things. And Lord, I pray that you just bless this congregation this week. Lord, I pray that you'd allow them to be with their families, their friends this week, so that they could just have a time of fellowship. And Lord, just forget about the things of this world. Focus on you and your many blessings, the blessings of family that we have. And Lord, I just thank you for each one of them that are here, the ones that are they're able to be with us today. Lord, I pray that you would just uh, keep them safe in their travels. Lord, I pray for those that are able to listen this morning. Uh, Lord, did you just bless them for their time that they've set aside to, to fellowship with us online. God, I thank you again for this church. And Lord, I can't thank you enough for your son, Jesus Christ, and for dying on that cross, for the sacrifice on that cross for each one of us. And I thank you for my salvation. Lord, we love you and we praise you this morning. And I'll listen in your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, we'll... I don't know if we'll be here Wednesday or not. <laughs>